0: Fortunate enough to be sitting here with Brian Clary, he's a good friend of mine, and he also is an entrepreneur who owns uh, Triad City Beat. I Started that a few years ago. He's a journalist. He's a dad. Uh, he's a hilarious guy. He's a husband. Um, he's a football fan, amongst a lot of things. And uh, I talked just about a lot of different subjects today. Um, but I really I, I want to know, like, what was it about being uh, a journalist, becoming a writer? When did that happen for you? And what sort of put
1: you on that path. All right. All right, we'll go back to that. That was um, like 89. Right. Uh, I was in college with no particular plan. I was a good writer. I just figured I'd do something along those lines. I figured I was gonna write a novel or something like that. And then um, I took a writing class. I took a journalism class in college. And I was like, wow, you know, this really, it really clicked with what I wanted to do why? Well, what but, was
0: it? What was
1: it that? that really- so I was always really into like authentic experience, you know. Um, as I, I knew I was going to be a writer, and, and to do that, you know, you have to learn how to make sentences and then learn the grammar and everything. But you have to have an interesting life, and you have to have a lot of experiences from which to draw on and see all these different kinds of humanity, you know. So I always i I was just always into like real life and real people and their problems and like and that's kind of what what I was into in literature and then but then I looked over at journalism and this was actually happening to real people, so you didn't need to make anything up it's all just like right there so I started writing um in college I started writing features just like profiles and you know uh in mostly arts and entertainment type stuff, and then I was in New Orleans, you know, so I uh, I started writing for a weekly down there called Gambit after I graduated college, um, and I was tending bar at an all-night bar. This goes back to like, so instead of going to grad school, I had been bartending in New Orleans since I was an undergrad, and, and I, uh, I took a job at Igor's, which is a 24-hour bar, and I bartended 2 a.m. to 10 a.m., I did that for five years, and that's... That's where I went to grad school. That's what I did instead of getting an MFA or uh, an MS in journalism. Um, But I saw everything, man. I mean, some of the people in that fucking bar, like One-Eyed Joe, who was this former, like, kind of big shot Coke dealer who became this sort of sad, and he he had one eye because he got into a fight with defending the owner of the bar, Igor, and he got punched in the eye with a broken mug handle. Oh, yeah. Um. And just just you know there were all these like shady timeshare salesmen used to hang out in there and some pool hustlers and like after all the strippers would come in after work and cab drivers and just like real people. And where I grew up, I grew up on Long Island in sort of like a country club kind of town and um, around stuff like that. And I just really wasn't I just kind of rejected all that. I wanted to I was you know outside New York, I wanted to see something more than just this sort of middle class, Wall Street veneer. You, you got what you asked um, for moving to
0: Orleans, man. You yeah, that's why ready. I wanted to go far. you ready, man. You know,
1: so then, um, you know, I just, I just kept doing these sort of literary, what I used to do was a sort of long form narrative feature. That, that's, you know, write like five and six thousand word stories and stuff. Um, and then um, I moved here. What brought you here? Huh. Well, I mean, I, the short version is I knocked up my girlfriend, and we needed, we wanted to, <laughs> we needed a place to be. Um, and New Orleans was really tough, you know. I was an alcoholic, and um, and and we were having a baby, and it just was it, I, I, it. It didn't fit with the way our lives were, you know. I'd been in New Orleans for almost 15 years at that point. I was a bartender for most of that time. I had a lot of. I was sort of a night type person I was writing for the paper and all that so we just came here to have sort of a quiet normal life you know
0: which was anything but in some ways <laughs> <laughs> we've known each other for a long time right so Well, I don't remember I think Rosie was two when we met maybe and uh yeah you know, right, right at two I think when I was doing School Kid Chronicles no and Rosie
1: was like six months old. It was really yeah. Uh, we
0: met at a bar, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, we met at Green Street uh, up in the, the office.
1: Yeah, the yeah, to spent some time, was, like, time up in there. I just moved to
0: time, and I pitched you what I was doing as my first, you know, one of my first businesses I ever did was Skokie Chronicles. Right. You're like, all right, I'll cover that. You sent out uh, uh Aunt Adams, um, I forget what his name was, uh, Adams, was his last name.
1: Lee Adams. Lee Adams,
0: yep, yeah. He yeah, came out and interview, uh, interviewed me for that, and he wrote a great piece on it. Um, and we began to be friends in that way, and then you came and like checked out what the business was and brought your kids and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then we've had a lot of time. You're, you're oh sober
1: God. now. How many years? Almost uh, not nine. Nine years. You know.
0: So and there were a lot of years of not being sober. Yes, like, and there I were, were there a lot. And,
1: like, <laughs> and so, you know, actually,
0: I was with you on the night the, you were? the very yeah. last night you were, drinking, like That's the right. last powwow we were together. That That's evening. right, like, man. Months. started out at a book signing you had. And then we went from Winston to Greensboro and then just fucking ended up... Well, in
1: I have no regrets, you know. I've been to the mountaintop, man. Mm-hmm. I've been out drinking with Dusty Keen, you know. <laughs> Shit. But, um, yeah, all that's... I mean, I don't know. I had a lot of fun drinking until I didn't. And, um, so... And, I mean, some of a lot of the stuff... It sounds so ridiculous, but a lot of the stuff that happened, especially before I moved here, would not have happened, like, you know, if I wasn't this... I don't know, I kind of lived like a wild animal back then. Yeah. I lived in the French Quarter, and I was single, and I made a bunch of money, and like, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was writing for Gambit, but that was, my real job was being a cool-ass motherfucker, you know? That was like, that. that's pretty much what I saw my job as, you know?
0: Well, you, you transitioned to Greensboro nicely, and nestled in, and, and now, you know, you're Sober for nine years. You've got kids in college. Yeah. Um, you know your kids are incredibly talented as well. You've got uh, just a lot, a lot going for you, and you yet you know you're without, not without your struggles. Oh God. You know, as a business owner and as everything else, um, it, it, it can be challenging, of course. If you are an entrepreneur, if you are someone who owns your own business, especially in this time, but it's never easy. Now. Uh, you're always faced with different challenges, which is kind of the beauty of it. Um, but you know, you've also written some pieces that I thought were just, man, amazing. And uh, and one of them, you know, is a Greensboro uh, piece that I wanted to kind of talk to you about. And it was uh, the story of Ransom Hobb. Yeah. And uh, and and you were really the only guy that really grabbed this thing and ran with it. And you know. Well, and I'll tell you, about that,
1: and, and you know, this is one of those doors that opened because of my bar life. I spent a lot of time in bars, you know, and when that, that was a murder. Let's, we can, we can give a little exposition, right? So it was um, uh, a woman who had been working sort of in restaurants around town and Ransom was a musician around town and um, a couple other people and they went up to her apartment, which is on the castle uh, over on Summit Avenue. Around sunrise, and when it was we all said, se- by the
0: way, like we're laughing at the yeah. iron, so it's like right, so, it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, so it's 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 it's, it's like a right quarter mile yeah. down the yeah. road, yeah.
1: Um, so by the time you know it was all said and done, uh, Ransom had been bludgeoned to death, Deb Moy was her name, she had been brutalized, um, but not killed, and the entire place had been set on fire with an accelerant. Uh, So Ransom was dead before the fire. Deb actually survived the fire, but she didn't remember anything. Um, And I remember when it happened, everybody of course was talking about it, right? If you can remember because it involved our circle our, our tribe, which was the people who hang out in the bars over on Walker Avenue and some of the downtown, you know, there's, there's, there's a bar circuit and there's people, cultural types, who, who uh, that's who, who we were, you know. And I remember everybody was talking about it and I had not seen a single media report about it anywhere. Anywhere, not on the TV news. There was a little tiny item in the news and record, and I was like, it drives me nuts as a journalist when everybody in town is talking about something and nobody's going to write about it. Right. You know, I mean, right. that's what we're supposed to be doing here. Right. You know, we're supposed to be the lantern in the mirror, as we say. But so, um, yeah, so I dove in and I, and I just started asking, I, I went down on Walker Avenue, started asking a ton of questions. Our, our dear departed friend, Kevin Kuhn played a little role in that story. Um, and and I was able to retrace their steps. Um, they they kind of went drinking all around town. At one night, at one point they were on the stage at Carolina Theater and like it was Deb's birthday and they, they, the people came and left and it was just sort of like roving crew. You know how that goes, you know. And it was Westerwood Tavern and then they went to someone's house after and all that. Um, But that was more legwork than even the cops had put in at that point, too. And I felt, and I still feel, that it was like this sort of, I don't know, kind of elitism. Like, the people who hang out in the fucking bars don't matter. And like, well, it's yet sad, but what do you expect, you know? When I talked to the cops, they were trying to um, figure out what the hell happened. And these guys had no idea, man. Like, they were like, well, we're thinking maybe it was like a drug deal gone wrong. And I was like, well, you know, Ransom was like a musician, and he didn't have the sort of cash resources right, for
0: that kind to of get deal. the
1: kind of drugs <coughs> right. where somebody will bash your head in. And he goes, oh, well, how about this? You know, Ransom and Deb and this other guy, Micah, who was in there. Micah's the one they eventually charged, but they let him go because he did like six months. He was in the Guilford County jail for like six months, but they let him go because they didn't have anything. He's in Florida now, I think. And Deb believes Micah was the guy who did it. Um, for it's worth. Um, so the cop's like, maybe like Ransom and Deb and Mike had like a three-way, but like Micah kind of had some, cause you know, Ransom was sort of a free he was a musician, right? So he was sort of a free dude. And then like Micah had some remorse about the gay stuff and he wanted to shut Ransom up. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if that... This is just... They're grasping. They didn't right.
0: anything to them.
1: Well, I mean, Nothing this was... Reason there, you know? This was, like, what, 2079? Yeah. Was, you know, this was a was long time ago, and they still... Had, they, it's still an open case. Now, here's something really interesting. So, the, I did the first story, and Deb Moy, who survived, was um, in a coma for a while, you know, and she eventually lost... Um, all the fingers on one of her hands. She lost both of her legs in the fire. The um, Horrible burns all over her body. Um, but a few years ago she graduated law school. She's a lawyer now. Wow. Um, she went to Elon Law and she's, um, she's married. Um, but, but she didn't want to talk to me or her family. I think the first two stories I did You know, um, I just talked to all these other people and looked at all the paperwork and police work that I was able to see. Um, And then after I think, I think that then like, she called me out of nowhere and she was like, let's talk. And I was like, okay, you know, because, so I went out to, her family lives in Alamance County. So I went out there and she was living with her parents and you know, they are like real religious and it really helped them through this.
0: Um, just to talk through it or just or to
1: it just like for them me. to be able <clears throat> right. to apply something to this situation that it could explain why some asshole tried to murder their daughter didn't get away with it burned away half her body and uh, and what are you do now and how? And what the hell you know right. I mean she didn't deserve that so um I mean, yeah
0: that, that piece was like just wow and the way that you wrote it was really haunting you know it opens with like being in the scene and it's raining and you know, you just really get the feel of what it was like the day that you were kind of getting into that story. And well, it was... Being a journalist, you, I don't know, you kind of, you have to create that. You
1: know? Well, you, you know, know you there's a to, couple different, like, so in the whole journalism sphere, there's like reporters. And I was never really like a reporter, like a house fire. And, and I can do that stuff. I was trained to do that stuff, and I've done that stuff. But I was always more of like a, a columnist or a stylist, which means like Jimmy Breslin or something. You can take that headline and do your reporting, but you don't have to write it in that reverse pyramid kind of boring style. You can take a different approach as a writer to it, you know. Um, and also, like, my what I do now in the last 15 years or so is I do opinion journalism. So I write, like, editorials, you know, uh, that I... You know, writing an editorial, it's only like 350 words. It takes me 20 minutes to write it, and I do like three hours of research before I can, you know, sit down and write my opinion about it, you know. Yeah. Um, so I've always been on that sort of like, not, like, like Jordan Green, you know, works with me is is a reporter. He does not have an opinion or tries very desperately or not to and tries to be agnostic about it all and just do that sort of soft science journalism of reporting and fact gathering and not figure out what the conclusion is until you have all the pieces and go where the facts bring you as opposed to say like you know like a Fox News approach where it's like this is how we're supposed to feel about it so let's cherry pick some facts that'll give us a path to this thing you right now
0: right well you're you have more freedom in that way to just because it, it's your side of what you, you know, it's your yeah. lens in which you write through and so and that's that's the the what you do um, which
1: has got to be kind of cool, you know? Yeah, well, I mean... There we lots sp- some
0: awards. Yeah. We
1: did, yeah. Last year, I won an award. I won first place. Uh, this really? is U.S. and Canada, yeah, for um, political opinion journalism. So this year, we were up for uh, three awards. One was an investigative journalism award named after David Carr, who from the New York Times got his start in all weeklies. Jordan got third place for a story he did about this like nonprofit that was having people fake positive drug tests to scam Medicaid out of free housing. Wow. uh... Um, but the group that yeah. won was from Monterey County Weekly, and they they found like uh, 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 an organized street gang and infiltrated uh, a protest movement. Wow! <laughs> so how can you compete with that, right? <laughs> then uh, he, he was up was for hard. there was a, a far right extremist reporting. So Jordan found a Facebook group for racists who are cops and firefighters and EMTs, like a three percenter white supremacist group. So I did that story. Then Sayaka was up for uh, Arts Criticism, which is a big award, for that mural of Frida Kahlo on Marty's property. Um, yeah, that that Uh, texted. Yeah. 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 Which she hated.
0: Yeah, what happened with all that? I know that this huge thing blew up. I don't even know what happened. I know that it was this, and then it changed, and he went and fixed it. like.
1: Well, know, and like Jay, happened. who's my damn barber, he had a gun shop up there. He ended up closing his gun shop because it just, all this horrible, he, he just, you know, it was just this, it it was, they so they took us like a piece of like stock photography of this like hot chick who's got nothing on but a, like an open robe, and she's got a couple of guns. You can see cleavage and stuff. And they just popped Frida Kahlo's face on it. And the first time I saw it, frankly, I was like, that's badass, you know. (laughs) Um, But, you know, um, um, people didn't like it. Like, really didn't like it. A lot of women didn't like it. My daughter didn't like it. My wife did like it, you know. And I'm trying to explain to people this whole big hooveraw, just erupts. And I'm, you know... I'm that's like, what you art know, is
0: supposed to do. Though. Art is supposed to challenge you. Yeah, it's supposed to challenge. I
1: said that it was a Jex piece. Yeah, uh, Brian Lewis yeah. and I said that to him. I'm like, listen, I've had more conversations about art in the last two weeks than <laughs> right. I have in the whole time I've lived here. Yeah, and what it, the point of it is, and, and what is
0: right or wrong with it. You know, I mean, right. You can't, really,
1: you can't and, really get there. Right, right. You know, so I was talking to my daughter Rosie. You know, about it. She's like 15. You know, and I'm like, well. I uh, said, so I just said to you. She, she didn't like because, because, because uh, the you know the nudity and the tastelessness and how it didn't quite. Jo- Although Frida Kahlo might have liked it because she was kind of a wild dog. <laughs> so fine. Yeah. So, so I'm talking to Rosie and I'm like, well, isn't art supposed to challenge you? And she goes, well, I don't think there's anything particularly challenging about objectifying women. I'm like, well. That I am is objective. That is my daughter, though, man, and I love it. I mean, listen, yeah. those kids. This is something I've been talking about for a long time. These generations behind us are judgy, and they're judging us, and we're not coming off so good. No. And I'll tell you something. My whole theory about this, you know, me the millennials and the gen the Zoomers behind them, like you've got to reject some of the values of the generation before you. That's what OK Boomer is all about, right? But when they're talking about us, what's there to reject? Like, we don't have a problem with LGBT stuff, generally speaking. We're kind of chill, chill and cool. So they're rejecting, Dusty, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. The kids are prude. It's
0: really bad for my business model. And <laughs> okay. No, I
1: haven't thought about this, because the amount of kids that
0: are like, my son says, they've never had a drink, they're like, they're like super, whatever. Yeah, no, well, I'll
1: tell you a couple. One, <laughs> one, none of those kids has ever been punched in the face. <laughs> no, that, you know what? You can tell just by looking at them, just by talking to them. They, it's never even come up. They never even never thought they were up. about to get punched in the face. <laughs> my kids and all their friends, I'm like, look at you. You know? <laughs> Um, That's funny and, yeah. and But they don't like They're not into like The promiscuity Like if we could go out of town My kids wouldn't have a party In a million years Right They're just like yeah. Why would we do that they, All man, these I mean, people PJ's in the house in YouTube
0: and YouTube And you know Delivery Right It's like this huge thing Like I don't even want to go out In public and socialize like, Oh yeah like, What are you talking
1: about Like so the people like, I'm so up awkward up, like,
0: Right You know keep up like Through the bar culture And they
1: don't like, have the social oh, skills Like not how are they yeah. gonna How are they gonna ever get laid like, I mean, I'm sure so, they're doing really it. It's really easy for
0: them now.
1: Well, right. Way right. But they don't... It's just different. And the values are different. Mm-hmm. And they're fantastic. They're better than us. You know? I, mm-hmm. I should start off by saying that. They're, my kids are way better than me.
0: I think, in a um, way, they, we think that culturally, behavior-wise, they are. But I don't think they're better than us as far as experience. Well, Maybe. I will tell you... Like, we had a lot this, of experiences, I This think, goes yeah, back yeah. to
1: the punch-in-the-face thing. Like, I was talking to this woman. Her kid is friends with my daughter, and she's, like, from Miami. She's from sort of, you know, like, the wrong side of town. And we were talking, and she lives in this nice big house out in, like, uh, uh, Gibsonville or whatever. And we're talking, and we're looking at these kids, and they're running around the yard, like, oh! and, I, and I looked at these other parents, and I was like, so do you guys ever worry that, like, these kids don't have any, like, street smarts and they're all like oh my god I think about that all the time yeah, like if no. Beck ended up if Beck for my oldest were to find he's 20 years old if he were to find himself on the streets of New Orleans for some reason by himself he would have all his money stolen in yeah. like an hour and a half He'd
0: be mar- <laughs> Mark, like, you, I took Ellen to New York City right and, and like I was gonna I'm going back very soon to talk to Sherrod about bringing some comics out from the comedy seller. and I took her to the comedy seller when she was there I took her all around like my spots mm-hmm. in New York and you know, I was like, Do "You want to come back?" She's like, "No, it's it's really unsafe." I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, you went there. You stayed at the Rockefeller Center. Like, there was nothing. What like, the hell, right? Right? It it was completely safe. Like, you never so even noisy. All those people. But, like, it just it's strange how how they, it seems like there is
1: a. Um, and maybe is that because they're growing up in Greensboro, right. or is that because, like, I think they're Everybody's all like this. So a lot of a generation. lot like a lot so of my you know so. So a lot of these kids don't drink. A lot of these kids don't drink. Like in my kids' high school It's
0: actually like cool not to.
1: Yeah, it's cool not to. It's like the loser kids who drink. It's the total opposite. It's flip. They... Well, like maybe
0: too. Like if you if you're
1: in a, a reality we were not in it where any mistake you make is now
0: videoed right. out there, you have a much better they, chance of not making ass an of yourself if they you don't think, drink at that age. Right. Well, they think <laughs> drinking
1: is something old right. people do. They all smoke right. weed and shit, but like, so, oh. right, it's the kids, like, in my high school, everybody, I started going to bars when I was like 15 years old, man, and everybody drank, all the cool kids drank in my high school, everybody, everybody, even though not cool kids drank, right. everybody yeah, did. everybody, yes. Um, but now it's like, the kids who drink, they kind of look down on them, they're like, oh. And here's the other difference. <laughs> right. So like when I was in high school, if you brought your fucking lunch to school in like a little brown bag, everybody was going to talk so much, you know. It was the, it was the tool, it was the losers that brought their lunches. And the cool kids bought their lunch at the cafeteria, you know. Now it's not cool to buy your lunch at school. you bringing your little bento box with all your little sliced and stuff. Yeah. And the cool kids bring their lunch now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a whole it's
1: mess. totally and it's, it's, it's bizarre world. And what, we, and what I the what far. I've learned just as a parent is like not to sort of superimpose my experience. because listen, by the time I was Beck's age, she's twenty, I'd been arrested like five times. Right. You know. I have been in some serious trouble. I had yeah. I had my personal life was an absolute disaster. You yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, um, I was trying to, try to, to like to get explicit. my keep my rent paid and like juggling women and like, you know, and uh, and they're just not, they're just, they don't have, and and even like when I went to college, I, if I'm being real, I went to college so I could go party and just be, you know, just go be uh, a, yeah. a fun person for That's a while. That's why I
0: didn't go to college, actually. You, you know, waste um, money.
1: <laughs> well, and like, so, and my kids are going to college, like, they're like, this will be a really useful degree to get. I'm like, wow, okay. They're like, go to all their, I don't think, I don't think I went to every single class over the course of a week in college the whole time. Yeah, I would always blow something I would off. I
0: never have. I don't even know. I mean, I spent a lot of time on college campuses. So I
1: never. Mm-hmm. I ended up well. Once you, once I found out what I was doing. Once I got to journalism, I was pretty serious about it, and I saw. Well, you got to uh, find
0: that thing that inspires you. I well, and then right, better, and I was better like, Better like, opportunity to, for that because they have the world's over to them with the internet. We didn't have the internet. Dude, I mean, we didn't have the internet. Dude, when so I like,
1: so they have. You know, when I started, co- I started college in 1988, and I wrote my papers on a typewriter, man. And somebody convinced me to switch over to a Mac. And I was like, oh, this is pretty great. And, of course, you know. But um, when I was a freelance writer, I would have to, like, print up the story, put it in an envelope, you know, mail it out. Yeah. But maybe, oh, maybe no. And you couldn't right. do simultaneous submissions. And, like, it was really hard to communicate with people because people wouldn't just take your calls, you know. Yeah. Um, and the other man in the newsroom, back in the old days, like, so in the in the newsroom. Like, your phone book is the most important reference tool yeah. that, you know, and your and your desk phone and your phone book and work in the phones and, like, and you would, like, drill a hole in it and chain it to your desk, you know, because people would steal it. And um, and have you noticed how young people don't know how to talk on the phone? They have, like, no, no. no. telephone not even skills. Is
0: there is. It's got to be awful. It's very oh, awful. it's nothing, man. Yeah,
1: but, but my kids don't even, like, the, for, like, I mean how do you explain to these kids what it's like to grow up with a house phone in your, in your kitchen and when it rings everybody races to go get it you know you and your sisters or whatever you know God. or like hang up i got
0: it you know
1: <laughs> and you're sitting there with the cord and like yeah. whipping it around yeah. Like the, and you they, get
0: busted because your mom would never hang up.
1: You know what I mean? Like, uh, hang up! Like yeah, oh yeah, 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 like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could even unscrew the mouthpiece over that move. <laughs> right, man. Yeah. yeah. It was, like, so different, you know. Yeah. I, I remember because uh, my sisters are on the same age, so it would like, be, like, a Friday, Saturday night, making our plans to go out, which my kids don't do on Friday and Saturday nights, but we did no. parties and whatever and you know, sitting in fields and drinking. And so we'd be making our plans, but like, you know, we got incoming calls, we got outgoing calls. So my dad had like his own line for work. So that was for outgoing calls. The main line, my parents weren't allowed to get near the damn phone on a Friday or Saturday night. You right, know. <laughs> um, and like, that's what we would fight about. But you know, yeah, and sure, uh, like three of you. well, weird. and like this, the, the communication, remember just showing, just stopping by people's houses. Yeah. Well Remember you, that's when it, you do- had it where it
0: was. Like, you know, it was the bikes at first and it was the cars and then you know
1: you Well know, and then like really- has that whole bit about it, like when your doorbell rings, you're like what the hell, you know? And I mean, people at
0: your door, like, remember uh,
1: when people ring your doorbell? Yeah, you're right. like, oh, I wonder who it is. Right. I don't see. <laughs> Hello, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a nice surprise every time you open the door. Now, seriously, if somebody rings our doorbell. I'm like, I already know who it is because of right. our, I'm cause our little camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Like, nah, <laughs> we're so not. Cool. Just let them. It's just a package. And no one ever comes to the door. Right. If they do. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what? you don't
0: even see any like solicitors anymore.
1: I, I do. I get. Where solicitors... are the Jehovah's
0: Witnesses anymore? I get. I get there? all that shit. They're done. I get oh, all of no, it, no, man. I, I get.
1: I, I get like now they got like they, they do hoverboards and like like the, the the Terminix guys and the you know just the guys who like the solicitor and, and, and I mean you're not supposed to be solicitor in my neighborhood. But oh, they it's do. so
0: crazy? I just saw. I shared this video on the Hunt Facebook. And speaking all kinds of shit, but uh, that's like an Amazon blimp, and it's dropping out all these so Amazon droids. You know, with packages yeah. Coming. I mean, dude, we're about to see just the biggest shift in culture and society the, oh, world, the world we're is in it. we're in
1: dude my we're friend in New York man he gets same day Amazon delivery yeah.
0: you know yeah i mean dude we have we're about to see people living in poverty Man, and you know, I was talking to you about this for a long time ago. I had this screenplay idea, and I thought, you know, they're going to be this this tribe of people. Oh yeah, I think about that all the time. They, I'm playing. There's going to be of people that go into the pod, man. They go into the VR world, and if you think about this shit from the level of like, you know, what we do as human beings, what is our core essence? What is our brand soul? Let's say is that everything sort of duplicates after its own thing. Well, if we're not some sort of hologram, if we're not some sort of there's like a forty percent
1: chance this is all a simulation. You know. Absolutely.
0: So look at what we're doing. We're simulating avatars which are becoming a reality that we're living in and our kids are literally fucking doing that. I mean, my daughter has over a million views on, on YouTube right now uh, w- on one video and then, like, she's got, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of the others where she is creating avatars, okay, through an animator, like, app, and then telling these stories or subtitles to music, okay, and doing them in parts, it's yeah, movies, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so, but she spends creatively all her time working on right. this shit that she's literally living in. I mean, what she would need, honestly, is a room half as fucking big as she has. A computer, a little mini fridge, a way to get food delivered to her, she wouldn't fucking leave. I'm serious, man. Like, going outside is a chore for her.
1: Oh, my God. They go out, and they're they're like... (laughs) They're like... like, Dude, I
0: think this is what the fuck is going to happen, man. There's going to be someone out there in the thing, like the old Avatar They're going to be like Gollum, (laughs) right?
1: Right. My kids, when they walk outside, they're just like... "Ah," You know? And the fresh air, they're like... It's cold, you know? It's weird. I'm like, come to the
0: beach and what? Fort Sandy? I'm like,
1: what are you talking about? And then you bring to the beach and and they sit in the fucking and they sit in the house and watch TV. Yeah, it's like all my life
0: I'm working so hard so that you know hopefully this will be a massive success, something like that. But I'm working so hard so that I can go travel the world. That's all I want to do. I want to go. You know, if I could go right now, passports and do, I'm going to Thailand. I would go. They don't see the point, man. And experience the cultures and see the people and meet the other travelers, which is really neat because you know when you get to certain culture and you're traveling, you begin to. To, to stay at the places because you can afford to or sure. whatever, yeah. that you meet these other travelers and that's what they're doing. you know. Right. And it seems to me like, to me, that's the hippest, coolest motherfuckers on the planet. So you know, those people who are just, you know, they're traveling around, man, and they're seeing the sights and they're surfing the waves. Well, think about it,
1: man. When we grew up, the time and place, we were, in a lot of ways, just trapped. There was very. I mean, I was close to. We could we could go into Manhattan and do stuff, man. But that was kind of what dangerous. Else you. That I was mean, fucking. we didn't have like
0: a fucking railroad system. And, and that was
1: dangerous too in the seventies and eighties, man. Weird, yeah, you know, yeah, that was it was of, a different yeah, deal. Yeah. Um. And we got hassled and we got jumped and stuff like that. And we were going in our stupid suburban, like you know, red jacket, CB jackets. Remember those things? Mall, and like and like, but scene. how could you get outside of your realm experience? What did you have? You had school. You had your neighborhood. You had the mall. You had whatever sports you played. That's it. And if you know Atari had come out. So you have a little you know, maybe a little Atari crew, but like we were so trapped. I mean how could you even learn about other cities? How could you even and they're not they can they can my Donovan, my son Donovan decided just for like one whole summer just watched a bunch of videos about how to pick locks <laughs>
0: I love Dominic. <laughs> he's so funny. But that doesn't surprise me at all. Like, I know. I know, was know like, that's the same thing with Dominic. Whatever the fuck he's into, because of this thing with YouTube and this... this he can he that,
1: can dive he in.
0: He knows fucking everything <laughs> about everything. Remember how to to hard love.
1: it was even just to get one of your favorite band posters or t-shirts, man? Yeah. Like, you had to I go mean, to the record that? store. You know, I mean, like, that's like
0: what I'm living in now is having a live music machine that shut the fuck down. It's the pandemic, but... The, in my life, the ex- best experience I ever had in this this underground world that existed mm-hmm. was these bands that were coming, right? Out, had been practicing their ass off in the garage, and like went from their first gig to like this level. That's this all level, I like did, all throughout. bands, you know. And like you were cool with shit if you picked them up at
1: that. From the time you know. I was eighteen to thirty, that's yeah. what I did every I mean, night. Great, I was man. off. I went to go see live music, yeah, man. man. I was in New Orleans. It was fucking dope. That you saw but, and they,
0: they were around that time, and right? You shared that, but they don't
1: have. Mm-hmm. And remember, before us even. The the big thing was arena rock concerts, yeah. like in the seventies. Like, remember, actually, yeah. remember, like Fast Times at High. It's like, hey, you got any Blue Oyster Cult? Like the cool no. guys got yeah. all the tickets to all the, you know, like, the, the Demons, all the, the tickets to Aerosmith.
0: You know, right, yeah, man. Right.
1: Everybody's going to the big concert, and I remember <laughs> it was like the first few concerts I used to go to. Like, I went to see like Rush. You know, oh, and everybody yeah. from my high school—be the stray cats were playing with Squeeze, wow, and like yeah. everybody was there. You know, yeah, yeah. that's what people did. That was that was the, th- and it was only like seven or eight bucks for tickets. You know, it was so reasonable. And um, they don't, they don't want the things that we wanted, right? They don't want the experiences that we had. Let me just double check, make sure that kid isn't uh, texting me either. Um, you know, it's just it's, everything is so different that like. I grew up in the '70s. 20 years before the '70s, it was the fucking '50s, right? 20 years ago, it was two. It was 9/11, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, they listen to music. Think about the '80s. The '80s was like a long time ago. Yeah,
0: um, and every generation, you know, always says the music sucks before, but that, I really, this one has outdone themselves. <laughs> With the music There's just so much of it. How can, you
1: even, how can you even keep whatever track it of it Whatever it is,
0: and all? then add some Cardi B or whatever. I just, I yeah, okay, I'm over it. Um, you know, but at least we've had these incredible experiences that I wouldn't fucking change, and you and I have had a lot of indefinite.
1: Well, I see you got together. the Joe Beth poster but Yeah, out, that's man. out for,
0: you know, your appearance here. This was... Um,
1: that was like, I think, I probably think about that. That trip once a week.
0: Man. Dude, it was the whole thing is so much fun, and well, you know, so there was this competition that that came around, and uh, it was it's still going out actually. People
1: know about the forty eight. Yeah, so it's, it's like, an international football thing. Football
0: and um, it's global, actually. It is, and yeah. You, it, in fact, when we were competing with some of the films and, and the, like you would have like the fucking France with like their, their national films. Right! With, like, <laughs> with,
1: with aerial shots over Paris. Because, like, yeah, the because in, in Europe, yeah. the, the government funds art Right, in yeah. Europe, we yeah, exactly. had, you know, had, here. So
0: you have this, like, you have 48 hours, you go in there's cities across America that are doing it and they're all over the world and you, you pick a genre out of a hat and then you pick, uh, they give you a line of dialogue and they give you a character and you have 48 hours to, you know, cast this thing. Write this thing. Cast it. Get your location signed shoot off. Shoot it. On, shoot it. Edit it. Turn it. it in. And it can't be any longer than seven minutes. Um, and man, it is a, just a balls to the walls creative adventure, man. It's it really is, it is fucking awesome. This is what it I wouldn't think. Wouldn't matter if you are Spielberg. It. This would be a challenge. I totally. Swear and God, we
1: like, saw Spielberg.
0: We did. Uh, so, you know, uh, when, and when I, I think scene, about white I remember like wow. Remember how we
1: we yeah. tweaked the the line of dialogue? The line was. Hold me close and call me sugar. Right.
0: Yes. Yes. And we flipped. We added, a, yes. comma. Yeah, we um, added um, a comma. Yeah. We added
1: a comma. It's a hold me close who and call me. call me sugar. Sure, yes. A comma and a pause. Ah. Uh,
0: All oh, right. That's what got <laughs> it. And, <laughs> and the device is very clever. We, you know, and so and Matt McNeil's actually going to be on the show. He directed this, and Heather Meek. I haven't heard from for a long time, but we had this great fucking crew. Um, you know, Tim Lafaldo, who died of ALS, and was big in the music scene here, and we also. Um, Chris Avedon who I think he's in Denver but he he, had, like, he
1: grew up in the same hometown as me yeah he was
0: in the island he'd actually like worked on J-Lo shit as a, as a producer uh, and like you know in the grind as a, as a recording artist and but not a recording artist but someone who you know was did like sound, a yeah. genius yeah and this guy was really we're always waiting on fucking Chris because he's such a meticulous guy we're like motherfucker if you don't get the sound i will be here remember how <laughs> remember <laughs> Tim
1: LaFollette yeah. rode the bike to turn it in he yes. like did the, the, the ra- race down there from, the, bike. From, the second uh, thing yeah. from the downtown the, office yeah, yeah.
0: It was, it was incredible, man. So we ended up, you know, we turned our thing in. And it's our first year working together as this group, but we called it the Keen Collaboration. Man. It was really fucking fun. We had so much fun on these sets and so much fun making these movies. I mean, you guys banged that script out and you know, what well, took you a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, it, you know, it was fun, playing, though. You know, and we had, you know, constructing the script, all the elements of, a, you know, a device, and you have to, you know, how are you going to hit them? And what story are we going to tell? You know, we were fortunate enough to draw, like, drama, so we had a little bit of room.
1: Um, well, and like, and we have McNeil, who is a huge you know, uh, ringer, and and ours really was a film. Like every visual, it's so deliberate. It, it really, yeah. I mean, I'm really proud of that. People, I show that to people, and they're like, "Damn, you!" I'm like, "Well, McNeil really," <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he, because he, it was so nicely shot, and, and all those little professional artistic details, right? Because of that fine art is all in that fine tuning, you know. Even
0: that color, we you know, we turn in, we got in a copy early. So this is interesting. What the whole thing?
1: Oh, uh, I yeah. We gave
0: this copy early, right? And uh, and we had as like a safety net because Matt is working on graphics right. of this transition, which was a pivotal movie.
1: Right. When you
0: see it, and it's like this flutter thing of yeah, the, yeah, of the yeah, 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 lights, the headlights coming up, but you're seeing it through the lens of as if you are the headlight. Yes. Really fucking cool. Yeah. It
1: was a shutter fly. Yes. Something. Yeah,
0: it was like a shutter cut or some shit. But man, was it fucking cool. And when he did it, he we had run, when we were just talking about the concept we had, you know, he was like, hey man, throw that fucking camera on sticks and get some footage of this. You know, the car's going over the bridge when we're on top of the brooch. Um, and, and we, he ended up doing like that was a that reverse sunset. time lapse. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 in, yeah. In that
0: fl- flitter cut, you know, which, which gave the tie-in of the time passing I, It was, was it was, brilliant. Man. it was, so, right, was right. Yeah, it was really good. And so we went, <laughs> we ended up winning Greensboro in a, fucking landslide, right? And then we'd go out to California. And people were
1: pissed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so well, this town, town is so full of fucking haters, by it the way. It is.
0: And you know, it's really bad, too, when you have this... We saw, I sort of started this thing with another film.
1: I know. Well, let's not get into that. We're not going to get into that, but, you know. Where, where the fuck are those the, the guys, anyway? The point
0: is this. The point is this. I saw this thing because when I came in town, you know, there was all this buzz about this, this, these guys who were making movies, and they had won a couple times or whatever, and, and I'd seen some of their stuff, and I'm like, okay, that's cool, but, uh, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to play. Dude. I'm here to fucking do this thing, right? I'm going to grab a team, and we're going to put it together. And, and, uh, and we actually
1: wrote our script yeah. inside the 48-hour window. Right, or absolutely. Or and,
0: uh, and, you know, we, we really, I love working together with them and, and Tim, God, man, you know, there. I definitely want to do a, b- a piece about Tim and with Blake on often awesome and stuff that happened to him. He's, oh yeah. He died of ALS at twenty nine, and and that sort of ended my, inspi- like I wasn't inspired anymore to do films without him because I just you I were know. so well and so hard together that and we had built businesses together where he was the back end editor and you just you have a relationship. You know, it's like it's like. A, I'll tell
1: you if things had gone different in Con. Oh yeah. I mean, who the hell even knows, man, but... So, yeah,
0: let's get, so we we end up, all right, we're at, um, we're at Cinequest in, in San Jose, California, and we, this is like the national, this is like the... the global, Phil the Palooza. The film Palooza, right, right, yeah. it's like, uh, but it was at Cinequest in, in, in San Jose, and it's like the, you know, 3,000 entries, all these winners from across the world, and 10 go to con, and uh, we get selected to go to con, and flip out I forget how I, I told some people you called me close. it was
1: crazy yeah I was like get the fuck out of here con, dude. so we
0: had no money we had to like set up a fundraiser and there was no
1: such thing as GoFundMe right, right. there was no such thing as Facebook we were like
0: on news too there was no Facebook <laughs> in the morning show or whatever right Do you know how
1: easy we could have raised that money right now hmm. but we didn't have there was no um None of that shit man. I don't even was there PayPal I think we had PayPal I don't know man but was there like was no like there was no we had to make a website Remember, because there wasn't any Facebook, there was only right. social media, and we had it to be like, outside. you gotta go to sendnetdecade.com, to, 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 to that in
0: print, or go on like fucking you know, WXMY or the local news channels to do like you know morning show interviews, and then ask people to donate. We do a fundraiser, like really put the shit together to go down and do it, and we went, we did. You know, we went we the did. Gun. We had a fucking great time, and um, so interestingly enough, like the, the, the second night, I think we're there, The first night, I think we're, there. we're we leave. We get tired of the you know $57 beers that are on the strip, on the beach at Cannes, where all the the hoopla is. And we learned from Marissa, who's another friend of ours, who's in this movie, who ends up. You know, meeting some dude, yeah. and he's like, dude, this is where the shit
1: is. Some 7? I mean, we go to
0: some 7, which is uh, in Con, and, and it's like this little bar with cheap drinks, and they stay open late, and they're spinning American music. And, and it like, was
1: all uh, f- the film people. Yeah, there. it was. Well, like, the, the, whole, the whole city was yeah, film
0: people. Yeah, it was. It, the whole city was film people. This was for, like, more of the, the guys that enjoyed, like, a dive bar, and, you know, like, really. So we end up meeting this group of people, and, um, you know, a lot of them are from Britain, and one of this, one of the guys, is uh, his name is Moe, and um, he was with Dubai Films. Right. And so I, of course, am like networking my fucking ass. I've got this bag of scripts and shit. And I'm going to kind of like pull off an, you know, like, Right. dude, it's, and I'm going, uh, this is my shot, right? This is our shot. And so we give this guy this this uh, DVD at the time, which, you know, that's how you.
1: Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and you couldn't watch it on right. your phone. No. There's still flip phones, no, no. too. So
0: are watching it on your phone that shit. So we different. couldn't text each other. Well, we could text each other, I think.
1: I, my phone wasn't working at all when we were up there. I didn't to
0: text each other, but I don't know. So anyway, yeah, because this was before the, like the fucking iPhone even came out. Yeah, yeah this was, so this was in two thousand eight in Con. Yeah, and uh, and so the guy takes it back. We enjoyed hanging out with this group, and we like immediately like messaged this group. They were like eight of them. There was like eight of us. It was a really good time. And then the next night, the dude comes back. He's like, man, I gotta tell you, dude, I'm here. Uh, my buddy is uh, is from you know from. England and his film is, is amazing. He's like, I can't believe you guys made this. He's like, so my work is done. I was here to recruit, you know, American filmmaker, and, you know, fucking filmmakers that can come to Dubai and make, you know, five to six million dollar budget movies in Dubai. And, and we were talking
1: that we still had a film credit in North Carolina. That's how long ago it was. We were right. telling people, you can shoot a movie for a million dollars. Yeah. And you can shoot a feature right. film for a million dollars in North Carolina.
0: Well, well, his thing was like, you know, flying us to Dubai. And he was like, right. so you know, this is how it's going to go down. You know, we're going to. Meet uh, the Sheik. This is going to be the thing. You're going to fly to Dubai. You're going to meet this. You're gonna, you know, have it, you've got your scripts, your ideas. And then, you know, we'll have budgets for this. And then some of the things they're going to want to do that they're on the. Able for their production company that they're going to want you to produce and, and, and you know direct mm-hmm. and, and make there and, uh, and I was like holy shit man We've like hit the big time. This is it. I'm gonna go back to fucking Greensboro, pack my shit, I'm kiss my ass. Ah! I'm going to Dubai and I've become what I've always thought I was gonna be on my own terms. Right? See you assholes right. later. Right. And you know, and throughout my life, I think I jumped the gun on that part of it. Like I think that thing may be the nail in the coffin for me. But so, uh, so anyway, we're loving it. We're on, like fuck. We're partying at this point, man. Especially oh my god. Glass drop. It's Clary That's... doing a bit. Oh my god. And he's talking to like fucking eight list celebrities. About Ron Jeremy and
1: oh my god, the I fuck. could drink so much. God. I was so good at it.
0: Well, you were good at it to the point that you couldn't hold the glass in your hand. Well, I, mean, I you, yeah, there were like fifteen times you dropped a beer. But oh we had god. been partying like the whole fucking week there, and it was just really a joyous time, you know. Like it really, I, and so also the, another funny we thing wore suits every I was, night. I was like, yeah, dude, like fucking tuxedos and shit. We ended up in in these parties that like had. You know, like just done up themes about the movie they were doing and they were showing in the screen in a con. We met the Iron Sky guys that were out of Germany or out of uh, Sweden
1: or something.
0: And they, you know, they have like, like I think there's three of the. They've got a
1: whole yeah, they've got a whole trilogy or something. They made it big. They had a
0: huge hit on on Netflix. I never watched it. Oh, dude, it's great.
1: Remember Tony Jaa? We were watching that Tony Jaw thing where yes. you like, Yeah. And as soon as we were watching this other guy comes and goes, What are you going watching? I'll buy it! Ray, I'll you dollars It <laughs> was like, <laughs> This is what I was saying to all the movie people because they, they were like, Who are you? I was like, I'm actually a journalist. They're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I wrote a film. Uh, I'm like, What do you think? I'm like, Well, I, I got to be honest with you. I think probably. 80% of you guys are completely full of shit. And they were like, <laughs> that's actually low! <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: it was so much fun. We had just, what a bizarre and awesome fucking time. And then at the end of it, so you were riding this wave, I, you know, I was, about what had just happened. And I, you know, wow, what a fairy tale. And then the last, the night before the last night it Conn, <laughs> We are on the church steps with our group, and the sun's coming up over the water. I remember this, like, yesterday. It was we're like a out, moment. And we're smoking I this joint me- on the church steps, man, and we're all just laughing oh our ass having a good time. And we split our ways, and we're like, all right, see you tomorrow at Sun 7, you know, whatever. Yeah, bye. And the next night, we met at Sun 7, and it was like these guys were, the fucking air had gone out of the blue. Like, what is going yeah. on? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you won't believe this, man, but Moe. Um, last night we were pulled and was, you know, he was cavity. He, got
1: profiled, he got profiled because he's Muslim. He Muslim.
0: Even though he's British accent, he was Muslim. He's working for Dubai Films. So, yeah. You know, and he the had a Dubai, Dubai party, Yeah, films, his ID know, and everything. You can't even drink working for Dubai Films. No. And, you know, so he kind of like, that's why I think we met him at 7 anyway. He's like off the path. He's secretly you know? drinking. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, uh, they can't
1: even have coffee, man.
0: It was really, it was, you know, so he gets cavity searched, he He's given a DUI. He's possession. Oh, a charge, yeah. And he's immediately. Fired. And so everything that we thought that, you know that we had gained is gone.
1: But it, that's that business too, right, yeah, man? it's gone. I mean, and then
0: the other thing that was really fucking interesting, and I want to bring tie this into the next kind of thing. We're going all right, because
1: I'm I'm running low on time.
0: Okay, but the other thing that I was gonna you know talk about is is as we go to leave that next day, um, the country of France. they wanted some benefit uh, with their tax dollars that they were not getting. And so the entire country came together and just shut the fucker down. I mean, people like pull tractor, yeah, they they pulled tractor trailers out in the middle of the streets and just walked away. Went to the beach, there were no air traffic controllers. There wasn't, there was nothing. And they knew that they were doing this during a time when all the most prominent people over the world the A-list movie stars, whatever. I mean, I remember seeing Mike Tyson in line at the first-class line at the airline. You know, just like, what do you mean I'm kicking? You know, what do you? so none of us could leave. None of us. Did. So they had to reroute everything. We ended up spending different nights in different places getting home because we had to. We had to like stay over. Some of us in England. Some of us in. I, well, this is like, what pissed me off. Crazy. This
1: is why you. I think you're a leprechaun. It's cuz I had to like buy a new ticket. I got they were looking at me like I was just such an ass for missing my flight. I'm like I couldn't even get here, you know. Um, it was it was like 90 bucks, 90 euro for a cab or something. Wow. And I was like, oh, "So." Oh, I got set up. And I to, no, I didn't get set up. I got like I got I got I got the stink eye. And oh, they like, throw me got, money. "Here's a hotel, here's uh, a stink uh, I, had I had to sleep in the, in the airport. <laughs> I had to I was in I was still in my damn suit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I and I, and you were like, dude, we're in a hotel in London. I'm like, ah, uh, I'm sleeping under uh, the the chairs at LaGuardia. You know what yeah. the hell? And I had to like, they were like, we can't, we can't get you back. And for, for and I was like, can you get me back to New York? So I got to New York and I uh, stayed at my parents' house, and then got back to um, to North Carolina. But dude, that was that was an incredible. Trip. Was cool that was that on. was one of those things. I was like, I, I can't believe I'm here. We saw P. Diddy's boat. Yeah, Tyler Banks
0: like, like getting kicked off the yacht or some shit.
1: We were just <laughs> so like, mad. what? This is ins- What are we even <laughs> doing here? You know, and oh, like, great, man. and just and the whole town reminded me so much of the French Quarter. Um, it, it,
0: what what I loved about that scene because we did eventually, you know is that it was probably like eight or nine hours of this bullshit, which cost everybody a wrinkle in their, their day traveling out of France that night. In, is that the whole country stood together. And I think you could never see that in America. It's before, totally different. You know, because they were able to stick together, get what they wanted immediately, for the people, by the people, which is what fucking democracy yes, and is and about. Listen, and in, we don't have
1: that In France, gone, no the way. government fears the people. Right. Here, we fear the government. Right. Um... And when I'm, that happen? How did that happen? I don't know. It's uh, something we can definitely
0: continue. I know you got to go. But, Brian, uh, it's always fun hanging out.
1: I know, with you, man. man. And, uh, we we could do this all up. day. We, we used to do this all day. <laughs> <laughs>